Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. What's up, Robin X? This is Billy Milano from SOD and MOD, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Chris. And Maria from In This Moment, and you're listening to Talking Metal. All right. Hey, this is Chris from Lamb of God, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hello, this is Tony Iommi, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is John Schaefer from Iced Earth, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Talking Metal. <laughs> yes, yeah, Jim Brewer, and you're listening to Talking Metal! Hi, this is Ian Hill from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Vince you're rocking with Talking Metal! Yo, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Windor from Monster Magnet, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Excellent. New Jersey, Monster Magnet, Dave Wendorf checked in with me on the live show a few weeks back. What a great guy. I've been a fan for so long. I realize his music is not maybe metal like some of you guys would consider metal, but it is hard rocking music with a lot of metal and punk influence and just amazing solid songs that I think just about anybody who enjoys true music can get into. 
The new record is Four Way Diablo. It's in stores now. It's on iTunes now. Use those show links in today's notes. Before we get into the interview, uh, let's check out a classic, Space Lord. How about that? Space Lord, mother, mother. I've been stuffed in your pocket for the last hundred days. When I don't get my bath, I take it out on the slaves. So grease up your baby for the ball on the hill. I'll polish them rockets now and swallow those pills and say, oh.
Space Lord by Monster Magnet, the classic track, one of their bigger hits. Yeah, I love uh, that song. I always was a fan of Monster Magnet. I ran into Ed uh, on the street a couple of times, and uh, I actually got a Monster Magnet pick. And believe it or not, I ran into him more than once, which is pretty amazing to run into just somebody you know, from a, a certain band in Manhattan. But it can happen. It definitely can happen. And I actually saw those guys at Roseland uh, a couple years back. Cool. I've seen them at Roseland. I've seen them uh, at, uh, remember the Academy on, on, what was that, 43rd Street? Yeah. Is that where they show, uh, or not show, but is that where Rent is right now? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Right. And uh, I saw them there. I've seen them at uh, Irving Plaza. Um couple other times too i've seen them they're, they're such a great band and uh just honored again that dave joined us on the show i want you guys to go check this new record out it's really good there's a song called wall of fire that is just amazing i also like another song it's kind of a mellower trippier song called i'm calling you uh four-way diablo the title track rocks too it's it's all good stuff Let's get into actually that one of the trippier songs right now. I am calling you, and uh, then we'll uh, hear from Dave, and we'll end the song uh, or we'll end the the show with uh, two songs: "Black Balloon," an old Monster Magnet kind of uh, obscure cut, if you will, uh, amazing song, and we'll end today's show with the brand new song "Wall of Fire." If you could follow that, you're doing better than I am because I have no idea what I just said. But anyways, this is I'm Calling You, and then we'll hear from Dave. Yeah, and special thanks to Dave for coming on Talking Metal Live and now also on Talking Metal. I've been a fan forever, and once again, we're honored that you took the time out to give us a call and talk with us. I'm Calling You by Monster Magnet.
Guess what? Dave is on the line with us. Uh, Jody, can you put Dave through? <laughs> Hello, Dave. Yeah. It's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal. How I, are you? I'm sorry I'm late, man. Oh, no problem. Sorry about that. No problem. We just uh, had a great block of Monster Magnet tracks. Oh, cool, so, uh, Thank you. That's always a good thing. But uh, we are excited because today the new record came out. Right and on. we are talking with you. Four-Way Diablo. Am I pronouncing that right? Yep. How does it feel to be back with a new record and uh, rocking once again? It feels great, man. I mean, you know, I was, uh, I love to make records. Yeah, I think it's my favorite thing to do is to, is to write songs and turn them into records. It's uh, a very, very fulfilling uh, experience. You know, you go from nothing in your head to something, and then it's something even more when you bring it to more people, and then you mix it, and you're like, ah, it's like, uh, it's like cooking breakfast. Cool. It's like, look, I made dinner or I made breakfast. It's, I love it, and I'm gonna do. I do it for as long as I live. I love it. Excellent. Well, I wanted to tell you, I went to the Virgin Mega Store in the middle of Times Square here in New York City, and was happy because they had it on the shelf, and I bought a copy this morning. Did they? Cool. And it's always good because you know I've gone there on days CDs have been released, and a lot of times don't find them. So I was happy that they had the new Monster Magnet stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the the whole record store thing is just such a mess, and the poor bastards. I don't blame them if they didn't have it. You know, I mean, these days I'm more concerned about whether it's on iTunes or not, whether it's in a record store. And it is on iTunes too, because I I checked iTunes I think at about Mm -hmm. nine o'clock this morning, and it wasn't there. But then I went back later, actually after I bought the physical (laughs) copy of it. And cool. It was indeed up. And uh, I've been a longtime fan of uh, Monster Magnet. I've seen you guys with COC. I saw you do Irving Plaza, I think, which was oh, nice. the last time you were in New York, which was a while ago at this yeah. at this point. I'm guessing like four or five years ago. And Sounds like it to me. Yeah. And uh, actually hung out with you briefly at a Queens of the Stone Age show at Roseland. And, uh, oh, okay. And I remember. It, yeah, I remember the Queen show. Yeah, yeah, you were hanging out there, and uh, I'm just uh, so excited you're back, and I want to ask you, as a fan, can we expect a tour? Uh, right now, I don't have any plans for a tour, dude. I'm like, uh, I'm anti-tour. Are you? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, not totally anti-tour, but I've got more, I've got things I want to do, 
and there's a bunch of reasons why I don't want to tour. One is, well, one is, I uh, I got addicted to sleeping pills the last time I, I toured. Yes. And uh, you know, I was touring for 15 years, and at the end, the end of it, I was so not burnt on touring, but burnt on not having the time to to write the kind of stuff I wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, because I don't want to just write music for one thing. I want to write music for several things, and and prose also. I like to write. Yeah. Uh, I like to make, like I said. And I was I was just going rock rock star nuts on the road, not yeah. doing drugs and drinking, but just staying up all night, chasing the women and loving it. Um, but I couldn't do all that stuff at one time. Um, and I found myself being more into the after the show thing than I was into the show thing, hmm. which is not good. And so I'd stay up all night and I needed, a, I needed time to sleep. And I was just, ah. so I got sleeping pills from a doctor and it all went horribly wrong. Right. Like really, really, really horribly wrong. And so I went down, OD'd on them, everything. It took me like two years to get my brain back from that horrible crap. Uh, along the way, what got me there and from what I learned from it is that I'm just going to have to do, operate on the, the rules that I gave myself when I first started Monster Man. It was like, you do this thing while it's fun and you don't do it any longer. If it's not fun anymore, don't do it. You know what I mean? I mean, that was the, that was the rule in Monster Magnet for me. It was never, you know, try to be happy with something. It was like, you're either happy or you're not. Yeah. So what I'm really happy with is writing and stuff. So I'm going to stick with that for a while. Cool. Give me like six months, eight months Yeah. of writing more, and I'm sure somebody's going to come up and go, hey, you want to play? And I'll be like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. But well, right now, you know, but right now it's like, hey. Well, I've seen you numerous times through the years, and uh, you will be missed by by many on the stage. Oh, cool. So. I mean, you know, by by the by the select few of people that still appreciate live music, it's like live music's taking a hit. Right. Oh, definitely. As as is you know, just CD sales and, yeah. and stuff in general. I mean, how well, music is interpreted differently by you know in a different way by by people now. Um, People interpret music, um, ex- what they expect from music and what they get from music are different. It's different from what it was even five or six years ago. Totally. totally. Now, you talk about writing. Are, are you, would you consider writing for other people or are you just writing for yourself? Or? Sure. You know, I just write. And, uh, you know, I just get up in the morning and I, and I think about stuff and I have a couple cups of coffee and I just start banging shit out. It'll be some music and then it'll be some, uh, um, you know, prose you know stories or whatever lyrics and then just ideas and it's coming a, a lot you know like like a crazy amount and be i'd be stupid to stop it just to you know sell some t-shirts right you know so i'll write for anybody doesn't matter to me i'm just like you know now of course i'm a limited writer it's not like i'm ernest hemingway or anything in there but but yeah i mean if people needed songs Someone to ask me to write songs for a band if the band was cool enough or if the, uh, it seemed like it was the right thing, I would do it in a second. Cool, it's fun. And know? have you spoken with anybody about I, not yet? You know, or? I'm putting stuff in the can, and uh, you know, I told my manager about this, and uh, you know, that's one thing about not being on a on a big record company. You know, I went indie is that you don't get the connections right. um, that you used to get in those kind of situations. So it's going to take a little longer. I guess maybe I'll go out and aggressively pursue it. You know, pretty soon. Once I get a lot of stuff in the can, but right now I'm like working on a solo album, the next Monster Matter record, and finishing up touches on this movie music that I wrote a couple of years ago. 
and uh, it's, it's not for any film in particular, but it's a, it was for a film, and now I'm just going to finish that. And it's you know it's cr- crazy shit with horns and you know spaghetti western guitars and Black Sabbath riffs. And I got the lady cool. from The Lion King to sing over it. You know, it's like oh, insane. Wow. So this lady's like, ah, like singing over the top of it. And I don't know what to call it. it doesn't have any lyrics or anything, but it sounds really fucking cool. So uh, I'm going to put it out. Cool. Do do you become aware of of what an influence Monster Magnet has been on younger bands? I mean, I was talking with uh, Villy from a band called uh, Him. Oh, I know Villy, yeah, very and, well, and yeah. Uh, just loves Monster Magnet to death. He's, he's a nice guy. He's, we toured with him. Oh, did you? Okay, uh, yeah, we did. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm nothing but flattered when that happens. You know, completely, completely flattered. Like, wow, you know, I. Would never dream in a million years that it would end up like this, right? And even I remember even back in the day seeing guys like Matt Cameron from Soundgarden wearing Monster Magnet shirts. And, Matt, yeah, and, he's a good guy. Yeah, those guys love the band. They love Monster Magnet. They Soundgarden helped us out immensely. Now, what happened? You guys opened up for them, and and that kind of opened some doors for you guys in the industry. Yeah, yeah. it was you know was that in Jersey. Uh, no, they, they invited us on a tour. Okay. But uh, yeah, well, and we did open up in Jersey. Yeah, we opened up at the at the um, what the hell? Not the Stone Pony, that other horrible place. Fastlane. Fastlane, yeah, yeah right. okay. the horrible place. <laughs> yeah, we 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 opened up for them, and um, it turns out those guys they didn't even know we were on the bill, but they knew knew about us anyway. They you know they were into the indie scene and had taste and stuff, and they really liked Monster Man. So when we played with them. They already had like a Monster Magnet shirt, and I was like, "Oh damn!" I think it was Ben. No, oh, okay, Ben Shepard. And then yeah, it was Ben yeah, Shepard, and we played with him, and it went great. And then like a month later, they had called our manager and asked us if we wanted to do an America tour with him. Oh, okay. And we had just done our first tour ever. We were in Europe when they asked us, and it was like awesome, you know. So we went and we did that tour with him. It was only about four weeks, but by the end of the four weeks. You know what happens? Like if you're in a high-profile tour like that and you're not signed, it gives record companies an opportunity to meet the band face to face without flying anywhere. Yeah, sure. You know, so if you go to L.A., you know, I was in L.A. for three days for one show, and I met with like seven different record companies. It was just good timing. Cool. Yeah, Soundgarden totally hooked us up. Do you ever run into any of those guys, Matt or Ben? No, um, God, I don't know. Ben. Living in Seattle, I think, either Seattle or LA, or I think outside of Seattle. Um, I don't know if he's working. Kim, I think, is teaching school. Is he really? Wow. I think so. Yeah, I think he went and taught, started teaching school. And Chris is the only guy I see every once in a while. I saw him about four or five years ago. Nice guy. Yeah, definitely. He seems like a sincere guy. Great. All those guys were super nice. Yeah. They, uh, their whole thing was that they didn't uh, want to be perceived as a rock band. It drove them crazy. And we're like, but you are a rock band. No, we're not. Well, you are. No, you're not. <laughs> that, they had the whole 90s uh, rock guilt thing going on. Right. Which is interesting you bring that up because I, I always, back in the 90s, you know, I, I dug all the all the stuff that came out of Seattle and all the stuff that was kind of anti-rock star. But, of course, mm-hmm. I grew up on... On on Kiss and and Aerosmith and even, so did the guys that you that you liked from Seattle too. Yeah, yeah, and even you know some of the '80s metal stuff. I, I, I a lot of it I, I really dug to death. And one thing that was that was so fun when you guys did that 
the space uh, space lord video was was when it just kicked rock star you know it started yeah, off so yeah. grim and and there was guys like me that were just stood up and was like yeah the chicks are back in the video and rock is big again <laughs> yeah. and and that was kind of a at the time kind of a a a, a, a daring uh stand for you to take and and uh what what made you just dive into the big rock thing with it was it was weird because i i as much it wasn't as daring as i thought i was just i can't couldn't believe that nobody else was doing it um that all came from uh, we had toured let's see we had done how many records we had done like you know three or four records um two independents and two majors and uh, we're on a major and and sales came in for the for the second of the major records and the record company was cool but I remember one guy saying to me just like you know maybe you want to you know like get something that that uh, people would like to listen to you know not change your style but more like change your sound you know and I was like, you know, I just made one record that was like total squawking, the most annoying record ever made, like Super Judge. It's like, nice. and then I made this really, really sweet sounding record, Dose to Infinity. So it's not like I'm losing out on the variety here. I, I really think it's your guy's fault. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I said, you guys can't sell anything. He's like, what do I have to do? Put tits on everything? I mean, right. you know, what do I have to do? Be like a rap guy to fucking sell records? You guys don't know how to sell shit. I got a big fight with him. And, really? Uh, and uh, yeah, and he was like, "Well, oh, well, you know, it's really not that way. It's just different." When I was like, no, "It's really, really simple, um, as far as I can tell." It's like, you guys don't know how to sell subtlety. That's why rock is dying because rock has gotten subtle. Rap sells because it's really unsubtle. Rap sells because it's right there. Blah blah blah. You know, right. one and one equals two with a big cock on it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, as a joke, I, I did, I did Power Trip. I was like, I put tits in every song. I put tits all over the cover, money, tits. I went to um, the guy who did, uh, oh, was he doing all the rap? What was it? Hype Williams. Right, I called okay. up Hype Williams, who was a big rap director, and asked him to do a Monster Matter video. And uh, he, he put me in the direction. He wouldn't do it because he said he didn't do white people. And right. I was like, no. And he goes, yeah, but I'll, you know, I'll help you out. He, you know, he put me on to this other guy, Joseph Kahn. And I just told him, I said, look, we're a rock band, we're a hard rock band. And uh, and I started telling him jokes about the cliche and all this stuff. And I said, I just want you just to film your regular rap video, except with us in it. And he goes, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And that's all we did. We just took the model of a rap video. You put Twiggy in a in a convertible and went yeah, down to Fremont homie. Street, right? Mm-hmm. He was the homie. Well, what was what was he doing there? He's just kind of oh, randomly I, hanging in the car with Dave. Yeah, yeah, just like you know, it's just like the rap guys. They always have like some homie like right, right. with them, you know, that kind of stupid shit. And um, it's funny, people loved it. Yeah, and oh, like yeah. it's funny because a couple of years later, Kid Rock like made a huge success off that that whole thing. That's true. That's you know, true. like I hey, never really thought know, of that, but that's totally true. White dress guys in in you know doing the doing the rock rock thing you know rock rap thing um but to me it was just common sense you know and whenever you put those things together it's always going to look like like what you and i would imagine rock stars to look like yeah you know because that's all the rap guys were doing totally it's just being rock stars they love it and you know the rap guys still come up to me today and like man we want to be a rock star i was like (laughs) don't you get it you guys are a rock star you're more rock stars than the rock stars are 
Really? And I'm like, yeah. Except you don't tour. Right. Oh, that's true. Totally. Are you now, where are you based at? Are you in, in Red Bank still? Are you yeah. out? In, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. 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 And I was reading, again, I never trust uh, some of these Wikipedia type of sites, but did you once run a comic book store in Red Bank? Yeah, I did. Cool. Yeah, it was called Fantasy Zone. It was in the mini mall in Red Bank. Nice. Nice. I mean, yeah, when you think... my store. I just managed it for a guy. Oh, okay. Wait, I just throw this name out here. When you think of comic books and you think of Red Bank, you, you got to think of Kevin Smith. Do you, do you ever run into him? You know something? I've never run into Kevin Smith. Is that bizarre or what? That is a little bizarre. I know. I go to his store. He's got a, um, a store, Jay and Bob's Silent Stash. That's where I buy right. comics in Red Bank. Oh, cool. What comics are you read? Oh, man. It's like, what comics don't I read? Um, I buy a lot of reprints, hardcovers and stuff, uh, 60s, um, 50s and 60s books. Um, new books I've been reading. Captain America has been really cool. Marvel's, Marvel and DC have been really cool lately. Good art, good stories. Captain America's dead now, though, right? Captain America's, yeah, he's dead. But his book still lives on. <laughs> right. It's this weird kind of like Tom Clancy kind of kind of story with uh, lots of good bad guys and stuff. It's not campy at all. In fact, it's it's more like, uh, like I say, it's like a Tom Clancy novel or something, except with like cool pictures. Um, it's cool. I love comics. Kevin Smith used to be a customer at the store that I worked in. Oh, did he? Okay. That's the only time I ever run into him when he was when he was a customer there. And I didn't even realize what was going on until I remember when the clerks came out or something, I had a picture of the director and I was like, Oh, that's, that, that's a kid that, you know, shopped at the store. Right. Right. Totally. Cool. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll let you go. I, I do want to ask you one, uh, question, uh, regarding your catalog. When you look back at all the great stuff that you've put out, all the great albums, are there certain ones that stick out more than others? Um, you know, it all, it kind of like runs into stories for me. Um, basically they're like, the albums for me are like a, like a diary of when I was doing it. And uh, I remember, I tend to remember all the stuff that went into making it. You know, like where I wrote it, what the conditions were, because it's always like a controlled disaster. Um, I can't think of any one favorite that I had. I mean... The ones that were the ones that were the biggest pains in the ass that seemed to be the best ones. Really, the ones that you know, and the ones that I think were like totally easy and wow, this was really easy. The people don't like as much, so there must be something. Uh, there must be something of suffering yeah. when you do that stuff. I think I had a, you know a, a revelation for me was doing dopes. Okay. Because I really learned how to produce um, with dopes. You know, I had learned my lessons from producing the stuff in the past, and then I had really moved on to something and. At the end of Dose, I realized that, yeah, you can make an absolutely in-tune record, completely in-tune, vocals and everything, but it, it still won't be that great because, you know, it just loses a lot of spirit. And uh, that was a great time. I really learned a lot. So when we went back and did Power Trip, I just purposely kind of, like, turned down the gloss a little bit. Right, right. Cool. Well, if we could get an ID from you, that would be great. Just, sure. uh, you know, you're listening to Talking Metal <clears throat> type of thing. Just Talking Metal, right? No podcast in it? Uh, yeah, Just Talking Metal is good. Okay. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Windor from Monster Magnet, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Excellent. Dave, thanks so much for joining us on Thank Talking you, man. Metal. Thank you, no problem. And um, we're doing a TV show on 
Fuse now, which is going to air this Friday, the first, nice. the first episode. So uh, we'd love to have you, if it goes to series, which we're not yeah. sure yet, but we'd right. love to have you stop by if uh, indeed we That's do go great. To Good luck, man. That, that sounds really, really cool. Yeah, thanks. What's going on in the world? Like, I don't even know what, what metal is anymore. What's metal these days? You know, at, uh, in Talking Metal, we cover, cover all things like that kind of fall under hard rock, Heavy metal, you know, even right. hard punk, and uh, I mean, there's bands like you know Lamb of God, which yeah. uh, I, I are, you know, they've done Gigantor and they headlined Ozfest, and and I, I guess they're they consider themselves pure American metal. You know, they kind of have the Pantera thing going, but they they uh, also kind of embrace some of the traditional European metal sounds too, but. Right. Uh, I think metal's all over the place. It's uh, something yeah. that's that's totally debated all the time on what is and what is not. It metal. always was. That's what I was wondering how it's still going because I remember, uh, you know, out of the road stuff and when we play. <clears throat> the great thing about Europe is you can play a festival where, I mean, you can you can play a festival with like Portishead and you know fucking Slayer right. <laughs> on the same thing. So mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, so what's going on in your world of music? You know? Yeah. And metal since I was a kid and you can never get four guys in, the, in a room without a fight happening this is metal this is false metal this is shit this is right. great it's always interesting yeah I mean it's funny like when a band like Kiss first came out they were calling themselves heavy metal you know yeah and, yeah. and now it's like if you say that people are like oh Kiss is metal I know never well, I remember when Lester Bangs you know when uh, Lester no no it wasn't Lester Bangs it was um a guy in Rolling Stone this is when I was a kid this shows how old I am um uh, they described, uh, you know, Steppenwolf, sure, as as heavy metal because they put the word heavy metal in, in the song in right. uh, "Born to Be Wild." Absolutely, and that was '68 when they when they when they mentioned that. And then Lester Bangs wasn't '68 when I found out about. It. I'm not that old, but um, Lester Bangs, who's a writer for Cream, um, always called the early hard rock bands heavy metal bands. Right. And that that's where it first got started and that's where it first got started. And they never they never called Black Sabbath heavy metal. Yeah. Interesting. And yet now they're known as the yeah. the founders of the whole thing. Proto metal dude. Yeah. Cool. Well Dave, thanks so much for joining yeah. us. I'm gonna get into one of my uh favorite old monster magnet songs, a song called Black Balloon, and we're gonna right. follow that up with a brand new song, Wall of Fire, here on Talking Metal. And we encourage all the Talking Metal listeners to go and buy the new Monster Magnet Fully Diablo. Dave, thank you. No problem. Take care. Stay in touch. Hey man, what's your name? I've seen your face always before. You tapped in to a cosmic flame. Cosmic I was looking for
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.